Hello, I have a great episode to share with you today with Jamie Harlick. Um, Jamie is a registered nurse and has a really unique approach to death and um, how we treat death in our culture um, and hospice care. And she's more recently begun her own business on um, hormone health and she has a very holistic approach so I really appreciate the wisdom that she brings to these conversations and I feel like this is so important for us as women to begin to understand in a much better way um, not only for ourselves but also for our daughters um, and our sisters and our mothers moving forward so please enjoy this conversation and Make sure to rate and review the conversation and also uh, be sure to look up Jamie for hormone health support in your life. Enjoy. Okay, uh, welcome to the Returning to Me podcast. I'm excited to introduce Jamie Harlick today. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for being here. Hi. All right. I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, you are a registered nurse and you've worked in both psychiatric and hospice care. You are a, for, a functional hormone specialist and gut health specialist. You're the mom of two kids. You have a background in massage therapy and personal training. You're a clean beauty advocate for Beauty Counter, which is how we met. And you're a public speaker and an entrepreneur. Lots of talents. <laughs> yes. And I love that you combine so many of these things to do what you do these days. So um, let's jump in. I wanted to talk to you first about um, in your work as a, an RN in hospice care, you help people transition at the end of their life. So I was curious if there was something that you've learned about this time in life uh, that you want more people to know. And also, from personal experience, I know that you also end up helping families and friends with that transition because it really is um, an intense time. So is there, I'm sure there's lots that you've learned, but is there something you can share with us that you want more people to know about end of life? Yeah, I think that um, I'm super passionate about palliative uh, care, palliative health, um, end of life care as an RN. Um I think that th there's a, a lot of misconception with hospice uh, to say that, you know, it's, you know, kind of the end of all things. And, you know, I want people to know that first off that they're in, in where, depending on where they are, is something to look into. Is there a hospice mm -hmm. near you? Is there, is that an option for yourself or for your loved ones? And to explore that a little bit more um, and get a feel for how it makes, how, how it makes you feel when you, you are entering into maybe a hospice and, and you know, learning more about it. Um, the one here in Calumps also offers respite care and symptom management. So, and many hospices do so that it's not just for end of life. Uh, it can really help yourself or your loved one um, when that time comes to have a break or come in and have, you know, some help with some symptoms. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just like the beauty of death, which uh, many people feel really uncomfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I have always, for whatever reason, been okay with it. I don't know if it's just my upbringing, uh, life experiences, personality, but there is beauty behind that. And when you can have those conversations openly, um, it can be in just an incredible experience. And Honestly, yeah, my favorite part with the care that I provide is the work, not only with the patient, but with the family members and mm -hmm. supporting them and letting them have space and letting them have a voice and having mm -hmm. a break. You know, you see mm -hmm. a lot of um, patients that come in. I, I like to call them my guests. They're guests in the house that <laughs> I work at. And, um, you know, sometimes they're, they're significant other as their primary caregiver. And it's just like allowing yes. them to step back from that role and go back from being that primary caregiver to their significant other, their spouse and like their lover. Right. And just yes. honoring that and giving that back to them. If they want it, some people, some still want to be the primary caregiver and, and mm -hmm. that's okay. But 
-hmm. yeah, it really allows them to go back to the role that they started with. Yes. I, I I saw that firsthand with a friend um, who went into hospice care and yeah, it relieved his family of the burden of 24 hour care, which would, had become exhausting. And of course they loved to do it, but it, like you say, it allowed them to go back to the role of family members and really, um, replenished kind of their energy and spirit to be able to be with him through his, you know, final weeks in that. Um, I also watched, sat with my dad and saw him take his last breaths, which was such a bizarre experience for me. And I, yeah, I feel like we don't necessarily do a great job around death in our culture. Um, there's other countries that definitely are more open and, and uh, are willing to kind of talk about it and celebrate it. I felt exhilarated when my dad actually passed like a, uh, euphoric because I saw how hard he worked to cross over. And when he did, it was like he had run a marathon. Like I would never have expected to feel that way, but I was so overjoyed for him knowing that it was, it was done and he had completed that, transition um and that, so I found and that you know unexpected what? and it, totally unexpected but so common you know I see so many family members are like oh like I just you know ready for you to go mom like you know just like let's make this happen and they kind of mm -hmm. almost encourage their loved one to mm -hmm. to say like you're good to go like let's mm -hmm. like you know let's end this and, and, and get we're on, gonna right? be okay so, we're yeah, gonna be okay, okay you go. Yeah. And so yeah. it is. Yeah. And I think you're right. I don't think as a society, we talk about death um, for what it really is and which is, is extremely beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And our bodies are really great at doing it. It's mm -hmm. hard, but we, our bodies know exactly what to do when it comes yes. to the end of life. Yeah. yeah. We're designed for that. Yeah. So, and thank you for doing that work. Um, and again, my friend, Troy, who spent time there, um, he said over and over again, these people are absolute angels, like absolute angels and just so good at, at comfort and in all kinds of comfort, you know, emotional comfort, spiritual comfort, medical comfort. It, it, it's all of it. So thank you for doing that work. Um, and I also wanted I to it. ask you, this is another topic near and dear to my heart about your work um, in the psych ward and what you may have learned there and want more of us to understand about people going through a mental health crisis. Mm. There's a lot to unload there, but I think the <laughs> one um, piece of it that I always go back to when I'm in that practice is, you know, this is someone's child, this is someone's brother, sister, significant other, and looking at them very much in, in that human realm and looking at them from a holistic perspective too, right? And it's not just, you know, unfortunately, sometimes in our medical system, we're all about that medical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, but what I really like about what I found working in, you know, psychiatry is that we do look more at the holistic lens of it and, and ensuring that we keep that human connection. Um, COVID was really challenging working in psychiatry, you know, wearing the mask and the goggles and, and having that barrier between myself and my, and my patient. Mm -hmm. It just was really hard to, it was more challenging to connect with them and build that trust and that rapport. Um, but just, and, and how incredible our brains are that it can really put us in a state of um, almost a sense, just in a completely different realm of, of the, you know, I'm speaking of those that maybe have like delusions or hallucinations like it's so real it's mm -hmm. so real to them mm -hmm. and it, they're scared and really providing that comfort and that support and just ensuring and you know reminding them that they're in a safe space is incredibly important but also fascinating that the brain can do that it's just mm -hmm. it's just really and maybe that was what drew me into that field that area of nursing was just how remarkable the brain how much how powerful it is and how it can really Mm -hmm. you know, when it's not in a good shape, how it can really impact other people. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And so much more work. that we need to learn. I mean, we're coming a long way, but it's, yeah, there's still, it's pretty, still pretty mysterious in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so clearly you have um, the desire to support and help people heal. And um, it, it sort of speaks to the work that you've taken on now about with hormones and you are a home, hormone specialist. You love helping women reclaim control of their hormones so that we can get back to how we are designed to feel naturally. And you say for this, we need to get to the root cause. So you do all of this through hormone testing, nutrition, lifestyle tweaks, and supplementation, and creating a plan that works for the individual because there is no one size fits all. So let's jump into that. And I'm so glad we're having these conversations and you're helping to educate us because this is so not only important, but impactful for women specifically. So um, talk to us about that. I know you're passionate sure. about that. And I think like looking back, I think I've always had um, my passion for women's health has always been, you know, kind of at the forefront of my practice as a nurse, but also with personal training, massage therapy. Um, as a trainer, I, I only trained women. Um, and mm. I love just helping women just feel their optimal self that get back to that optimal health. Um, and so when, you know, myself turning 40, having lots of discussions um, with my friends and my network about what's kind of going on as we, you know, get in, you know, as we age as a female and looking at gut health uh, was where it all started and how much that impacted us women uh, with our hormones. And so I dug a little bit deeper and uh, fell in love with the work of, you know, working as a hormone specialist. And um, I'm, you know, getting to the root cause is essential, right? You know, when we, when women have a hormone imbalance, like that's just a symptom. There's something else going on that causes those hormones to become off track, um, to become unbalanced that produces these symptoms of, you know, severe PMS or bloating or hot flashes or brain fog, mm -hmm. uh, weight gain is a significant one, especially getting into the perimenopause. Right. And so, what I also discovered was my lack of knowledge, um, even as a registered nurse, of how our bodies are designed to work as women, what these hormones do, um, why they're so important, not just for our reproductive health, but for bone density, for cognition, for um, our, you know, everything, every mm -hmm. piece of us, sleep regulation, um, it's all connected. So mm -hmm. now I've been able to help many, many women um, just reconnect with their hormones, learn more about what their hormones are doing. Um, again, in a, from a societal perspective, we're really uneducated about uh, most of women. I mean, 99.9% .9 of my clients have no clue what their hormones are supposed to be doing, what they are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's fascinating to me. And I hope to kind of bridge that gap um, and for generations to come, right? The more we know right now, the more we can help our daughters yes. and then they can carry that on and on. So my mom, I mean, I had to ask for the sex talk when mm -hmm. I was, or like the period talk when I was a teenager really? for my mom. I was, I was mortified <laughs> that I'd have to ask her for, you know, what, what's going to come. I, and I already knew, I mean, I had older sisters and um but yeah wanting to have that and so and it was really just like you're gonna get your period and here's the pads and tampons like yeah. you know see you later kind not of thing. complicated like, at all no right <laughs> but you know there's so much more to it of, of you know really what our hormones are actually doing mm -hmm. during our 28 day cycle how they impact um our thought process our emotions our mm -hmm. productivity our creativity our motivation um it all plays a huge role in that. And the more you know about it, I feel like the better that you can, you know, give grace to yourself as a, as a woman, um, tough enough, all the roles that we play and all the hats mm. that we wear. Um, and I really like to kind of hone in on that is just like that understanding our bodies more, mm -hmm. we can then take away any guilt that we feel or any, you know, um, 
if we're ever hard on ourselves or anything like that, just really giving ourselves grace and understanding what our body and these hormones are doing. They're extremely, extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. They're extremely powerful in our body. Well, and especially my generation growing up talking about PMS and it was kind of just like, oh yeah, everybody gets that just expected every month. So it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to hear people like yourself saying, it doesn't have to be that way. And we can often make adjustments to make that not so intense for people. Everybody's premenstrual is different, of course, what they, what they're up against, but I'm especially interested with a, you know, young daughter trying to make her journey a little easier and not just tell her to suck it up and deal with it because there's lots we can do, but not everybody knows that. No. And that was another thing that I didn't even really know. I just, and I just thought that these PMS symptoms that I had, like the the bloating and like the irrational thoughts prior to, um, the like the cramping, um, the heaviness of my period, I thought that was just all normal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I did my certificate that I was like, oh my gosh, this actually isn't normal. And every woman needs to know this. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was working on my gut health that, um, is where I started, not, not intentionally for PMS symptoms. It was just for my gut health. I had some IBS like symptoms. And so when I honed in on that, the result of it was like, you know, probably, I think it was like six months later, I was like, dang, like these PMS symptoms are now gone. And now my period comes and I don't have any symptoms. I might have, like, I can feel like maybe a little, maybe just off emotionally, like maybe a little Mm -hmm. extra sensitive. Um, but not as drastic as, as it was before, no cramping. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's incredible. Just a few small tweaks that you can, you can do that really make an impact. And I want women to know that, you know, you don't have to struggle every single month with, mm-hmm. you know, these symptoms that that's usually a sign of a hormone imbalance and you can, you can work to correct that and feel better, which is so. hopeful. And it's really nice when we realize we can empower somebody to, to make some changes and that they don't have to just settle for, um, you know, their symptoms, depending what they are, they can actually take uh, a role in, in helping to make those better. So it's, it's a good thing. You also taught me something that blew my mind. Um, with ADHD, often all of your period symptoms are, are twofold. Yes. Yeah, which is really fascinating as well. Um, and I'm sure people maybe who do have ADHD can can agree with this, is that you're going to feel those symptoms twice as much as any other female that doesn't have ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's um, again, it's just that, that really emphasizes how everything's really connected. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on in our brain is connected to our gut and it's, our gut is connected to our hormones and you know, there's all these pathways throughout our, our body. There's all mm-hmm. these accesses that, you know, if you talk about the HPA access, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access, that's a whole, it's all communicated through hormones. Hormones are the communicators, right? And so when they're off balance, um, it, everything is amplified. So yeah, it's, it's remarkable. Well, and that's where for the most part, we are not going to get this information by going to our medical doctor. (laughs) So that's why specialists like you are so important because we do need to look at the whole picture and see what's affecting something else and what would, what would help them all work better together. Um, and it's been so understudied at, to this point. So we really need to work on that and change it and educate ourselves. There are lots of people out there now working to change that. Um, which is great. Uh, you presented at the Made to Grow brunch in Kamloops, and it was such a powerful talk about cycle syncing and how we can work with that. So I want you to talk about that. I bet a lot of people don't even know what cycle syncing is, and um, we need to talk more about this. So please. Yeah. Yeah, I love and I love cycle syncing. It was something that I again before all you know all my education had no clue about. Um, but as I dove in, it's like, okay, wait a second, how can we use our hormone fluctuations that happen again in a 28-day cycle? How can we use those to almost our advantage? Um 
or again, when we're, when we're not feeling optimal, giving ourselves that grace. So when you look at a 28 day cycle, it's typically broken up into your menstruation, which is day one, so the day, you know, um, then you go into your follicular phase, ovulation, and then the luteal phase. So as our hormones are kind of making adjustments throughout these four phases, um, it really, when you take a look at what those hormones are doing at that time and at that level, you can really understand, you know, your emotions, your thought process, your motivation, what workouts you should be doing when you're menstruating is not a time to be going doing a hit workout or lifting heavy weights. It's a time for rest. So day one of your menstruation, I always say my clients don't work out. You know, when you have that first full day of bleed, don't work out, give your body rest. Okay. And during that phase is you're really doing restorative workouts and you're really being, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'll talk about workouts a bit, but it also plays into like, maybe if you're a business owner or just a mom in general, it's like giving yourself grace during that time because of where your hormones are at. And I won't get into all the levels, of what's going on because it's it super complicated, but that's a time for rest. That's a time of grace. It's a time for restorative, you know, workouts and care for your self care, because what's going to happen as you go through and you're kind of reaching out of menstruation into that follicular phase into ovulation, that's when you're going to feel more energized and you're going to feel more focused and you're going to feel, you know, your best confidence self. I always say, if you're going to book a photo shoot, do it when you're ovulating, your skin's going to look amazing. You're going to feel sexy. You're going to feel confident. Or if you're into social media, that's when you do your lives, your, your reels. Don't do it when day one of menstruation. So, you know, really understanding what these, how powerful these hormones are um, and what they're doing can really, really help align us with, you know, in our life um, mm-hmm. so that we can show up to be our best self, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, two is if you don't have that rest during that menstruation, even the later phases of the luteal phase, if you don't take that rest, then when the time comes where you're energized and you're motivated during that, you know, um, follicular and the ovulation phase, you're going to be burnt out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I see a lot of women, especially women in business, uh, entrepreneurs, they're just like, go, go, go. I've got the hustle culture. Right. And it's like, you're going to burn yourself out real quick. So you got to give yourself that rest when your hormones are at the levels that they are. And just know, like I'm resting now because I'm going to kick butt in the next (laughs) few weeks and I'm going to really show up as my true authentic self. So um, understanding that is, is so important. And Mm -hmm. even to understanding that with teenage daughters, right. Understanding what what their cycle is at can really help as a mom and as a friend, support them and, and all the things that are going on with them. So yeah. Totally agree. Yes. Knowledge is even powerful. your nutrition. You can base your nutrition around uh, your cycle as well. So yeah. Mm. Well, and let's talk about how the 40 hour work week was designed by men. And for so many years, um, women have been trying to work according to that and it's not serving us. And you mentioned burnout, right? That's a huge issue for many, many women who are wearing so many hats. Um, So can you just tell us more about that? And it's really important that we recognize, let's not try and fit into a system that doesn't fit into us. Exactly. And I loved speaking on this. Um, I could probably talk all day about this, yeah. about <laughs> uh, women and kind of the kind of expectations that have been created for us. And so when you look at a male's hormone cycle, it's a 24 hour cycle. So a man will wake up, he'll have a rise in testosterone. We know testosterone is really energizing. Um, you kind of like that go, go, rah, 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 kind of, you know, intense uh, hormone. And so they get that boost of like energy and adrenaline almost, if you want to say every single day, every single morning they wake up and they bought this testosterone running through them. And they're just like, let's go. We're going to, the chain's going to be amazing and be super successful and be super productive. I'm going to crush it. Okay. And then as their day ends and they're driving home, their testosterone will start to kind of drop a little bit. And so you know, they'll walk through the door and they'll maybe be a little bit tired and like, oh, I had a rough day. 
yeah, because you had this intense amount of testosterone all throughout the day. Yeah. So when we look at our society, everything is based off of the t- a 24-hour cycle of testosterone. But for women, we're a 28-day cycle of progesterone, estrogen, and a little bit of testosterone in there as well, amongst other hormones. But you know, those are the three main ones. And so when you look at this, it's like, there's no way, it doesn't even make sense when you look at, if you compare women's hormones to male hormones, um, it doesn't even make sense that a woman would even have the expected to show up to the, um, the extent as, as a male in the workplace. There's no, there's absolutely no way. It doesn't even make sense to me when I look at it. How can we expect a female body whose hormones are doing this throughout a whole 28 day cycle to feel motivated, to feel passionate, to have that like hustle um, every single day? It's literally impossible. It's Mm. literally impossible. And so I talk about, you know, books that are written by men. I'll bring up Atomic Habits. Great book. Everyone loves Atomic Habits that have read it. Have you read it yourself? Mm -mm. Okay. Don't. After this, you won't want to. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Save me one less book to read. Right? No, you don't want to. Because I, okay, as much as it's a fantastic book in the sense of the idea of it, is it realistic for for myself, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Would it be realistic for the primary caregiver of two young children who works as an RN, 12-hour shifts, who also has her own business, also has a husband and a dog, to have this daily habits? Like, no. Okay, like it's not realistic for us to have wake up at five o'clock in the morning and do all these things and do it every single day. Mm. And that's where I say to women, give yourself grace. Don't have this expectation that you're going to show up like a 10 out of 10 every single day because that book was written by a man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume, and I don't know for sure, but he's probably not the primary caregiver of two Mm -hmm. young children. He probably doesn't bear the responsibilities of grocery shopping, cooking, nurturing the children, taking the dog for a walk. Sick days at home when they can't go to school. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so having that, you know, expectation for women to show up and create these habits every single day, and you should be doing them every single day, just literally does not make sense. And that's why we don't stay consistent with them. Mm-hmm. right women are really struggle with that consistency mm-hmm. um and then the guilt kind of creeps in or like mm-hmm. oh I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough mentally to keep up with all this and it's just understanding that that's not realistic based off of our our body is designed mm-hmm. and the more you know about that the more grace you can have for yourself yes yeah it's so interesting. And I I have been known to say it must be nice to go to your desk and be able to work uninterrupted for eight hours and not have to worry about anything else. It's not everybody's situation. And I certainly have a lot of flexibility, but not everybody does. And typically we are the ones doing a big chunk of the family care and the running the house and, and all that stuff. It's no small thing. No, I mean, I'm the one that's responsible taking the kids to all the extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's making them breakfasts, the lunches in the morning, yeah. right? My husband's having the, the 45 minute shower upstairs. I mean, I, I should probably <laughs> work on this a little bit, but, you know, just to give you a glimpse into my mornings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not necessarily something we're saying we want to give up. Um, those roles. However, it's the measuring ourselves to a standard that isn't realistic for women. I think that we need to have flexibility on and be more generous with ourselves in terms of yeah, 100%. showing up when we and, can, and even, but not beating ourselves up if we can't. Exactly. Exactly. And understanding where your hormones are at throughout your cycle. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can path, if you can create a path, a 20, you know, a 20, a 28 day cycle path. Mm-hmm yourself um, of you know where you want to be and so you can still have goals and you can still develop habits um 
and be super successful is just understanding what's going on in your body at that time and Mm -hmm. when to push like hold back and then push forward yeah and And working with it prevent the burko yeah exactly yes don't fight you know don't fight your hormones i mean these hormones like when i say they're powerful these hormones are 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 create life they help Mm -hmm. us create life within our body they help us um have a, a cycle every single day they impact our brain chemistry they you know they're the ones controlling depression and anxiety postpartum depression and anxiety oh. grief right it's all it's extremely powerful these hormones well, and and i don't think like- that we give them enough credit No, but it's like the invisible powerhouse in the background that's pretty much running everything, right? And I agree, we don't necessarily comprehend that. Um, But one other point too is just how beauty products and things we're putting on our skin and into our body can seriously change our hormones, which that is so important for women to realize and demand better. Um, so, and that's something that we definitely connected over was clean beauty, but it can actually alter women's ability to conceive and all kinds of things. You bet. Um, so we have to consider that as well. And I think you consider that in, in when you're working with a client and coming up with a plan, right? Yeah. So I look at a huge component of, of all this is li- our liver. Our liver is really a powerhouse within our body and filters out, you know, filters everything through it. And so when we're kind of like, I kind of think of it as like um, a filtration system. And when it gets backed up and gunked up with, you know, chemicals that are, you know, hard for the liver to metabolize, um, break down and filtrate through, you're kind of getting, you know, a, a sluggish liver. And when that happens, it's not able to even metabolize hormones. And so lots of women struggle with estrogen dominance or estrogen excess. And a lot of it could be because your liver isn't able to filtrate the estrogen in and then have it excreted through the body. So if it's not excreted through the body through stool or urine, it just accumulates within our body. And that's where you really wreak havoc. And so when you look at the chemicals within personal care products, and you and I know how highly unregulated this industry is here in Canada, um, it's, it's one of the biggest pieces that I talk about with my clients is like, we need to decrease your toxic load. Like next time you buy your makeup, like let's look at the Mm -hmm. brands that you're using. Let's look at the ingredients. And, you know, I don't expect my clients to, you know, throw all their stuff away on the first, first appointment, but it's just being mindful. Lots of women don't know that the products, exactly. Lots of women don't know that the products that they're using are, could be a huge culprit to, um, the symptoms that they're feeling. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Career is just coming up. <laughs> of course, <I> was waving. <laughs> yeah. Th- it's so important. And, um, yeah, even just one product as you run out of something, looking at different options and thankfully there are more options now, even yes. compared to five years ago, um, that are just, uh, much more healthy for us. And we can't rely on, um, standards in the government to protect us because they are not doing it. Um, we have a long way to go there for sure. Um, okay. Well, I feel like a lot of these topics you and I could talk about all day, um, but we're just, um, I kind of want to keep moving and invite people to go deeper with you. We'll give your contact information at the end, but I'm going to ask you a few questions. So I'm curious, Jamie, what is really lighting you up these days and pushing you out of your comfort zone? Um, I, one thing that I've been um, experiencing is opportunities that are coming my way that one I never even thought would ever come, such as being on, you know, a guest on your podcast. So thank you again. Uh, but I was asked by two other networks uh, this month to be, um, you know, to share, to educate and share my uh, my uh, wisdom on specifically perimenopause. So I was able to do that a couple times this month, and I'll be a guest speaker next month as well Amazing. for an event here in Kamloops. Well, and so I think that as much that's really pushing me out of my comfort zone. Um, But I'm so passionate about educating women that it's just like, okay, this is what I got to do to help as many women as possible feel how they're intended to feel. Then this is what Mm -hmm. I got to do. And it it definitely lights a little fire under my butt. I love it. 
Yeah. yeah. And you're a great speaker. I, when oh, I saw you speak yeah. in Kamloops, you're very relaxed up there. So, um, but it does, it, it's just shaking inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's shaking right. inside, calm on the outside. But I but think, I wanna... you know, I think, yeah, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. I was going to say is that I really think even just as a nurse and more specifically in palliative care is really uh, learning um, when to read the room and uh what and kind of what to say, not to say, but also just knowing that people want that connection. Mm -hmm. They want to hear what, you know, you have to share mm -hmm. and they want to learn something. So, um, yeah, that kind of keeps me going. Yeah. You become like a conduit for the information, right? It's not about you. It's about the bigger kind of purpose. So that yeah. sometimes relieves the pressure that we feel. Yeah. Um, what are you currently reading or have recently read that you love? Um, now this is like not health related, like not health related or business related, just good old okay. books. Yes. Okay. So Colleen, oh gosh, now what's her name? Hoover. Oh, Hoover. Uh, yes. Okay. So over the Christmas holidays, I, devoured her two book series that ends with us and it begins with us and then I got into ugly love by her and then finished off with um oh that no what's it called it starts with a b it's a thriller and crazy like you're just it's just a real gripper oh and I finished both I ugly love and um it's like varsity or something like that I finished those in one day yeah so here's the thing. If I get hooked onto a really, really good book, all productivity goes out the window because yes. I can't stop reading it. <laughs> so I will sit and read for an entire day and finish the book. And, but I have got nothing done other than that. Yes. I'm yeah. like that with but jigsaw I'm puzzles. Oh, and you know what? I would be the same with the jigsaw puzzle too. <laughs> like it's like when my kids uh, get like a piece of like the Lego packages for yes. Christmas. And it's like, you know, hundreds of pieces. I have to finish it. Like I can't start it for them and then put it down and come back to it. It's like, I'll sit there for three hours and create. <laughs> oh, reading the mountain is you currently. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Same. Um, and you know what I love about this book? It's to the point. Mm -hmm. Just like, this is what you're doing. So you yes. better stop it. So yes. Yeah. It's good. I'm enjoying it as well. Written. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, Okay, I was going to ask you what your favorite songs to dance to are when you're having a kitchen dance party, but I also saw on your Instagram some dancing on tables, and I want to make sure I'm invited to that next house party. Because <laughs> I love to dance, and it's just a good old dance party like halfway through the day is so good for relieving stress. Oh, it is. You know what? Having two little two kids and, and that love to dance, uh, my daughter uh, is loves to dance and sing. She is six and she mm. does this. She sings all day long. So hopefully Aww. she gets really good at it. <laughs> and hopefully she doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. And yeah. she's actually, well, and we're both in dance. She's in hip hop and I take a tap class, an adult tap oh, no class when I started this year. Yeah. So anything music wise, anything in the genre of like 2000 hip hop Mm. is my jam and usually we often when we have you know birthdays parties here uh you can find us in the kitchen dancing to that yeah my 40th birthday we've gone into that I think the clip that you saw was another 40th birthday that we hosted yeah. with my girlfriend on the island um yeah, yeah you mean on the kitchen the island oh the kitchen island any we dance around <laughs> the kitchen it, it's it, it's a frequent thing here in this house for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. I love that. I grew yeah. up dancing and I feel like such a, when you, I mean, it sounds silly, but if anyone listening to this, go put on like your favorite tune and just go dance by yourself. Yes. You, yes. I bet you you'll feel so incredible afterwards. Music yeah. is so powerful. It like instantly changes your mood and you got to find your song yeah. and your music and thankfully there's so much to choose from but it really can turn things around and also just blow off stress you yeah. don't take everything so seriously so after seriously. you've had a three-minute dance party yeah I love <laughs> yeah. that I totally agree and we play a lot of music at hospice um that's a big thing um because yeah you just and just relax and listen oh yeah yeah 
Yeah. Bring back memories. It's, it's very powerful. Um, how do you wake up to moments of everyday magic around you? Oh, good one. You know what I'm loving right now is my kids will wake up and they'll go and play with each other in each other's rooms. Mm. So this morning they're up at six 30, which is too early for me to get up quite right now. <laughs> and so listening to them play with each other mm-hmm. uh, and play pretend. So they'll be like, uh-huh. okay, pr- pretend that we're doing this, 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 and this, okay, and then pretend that this is happening. Um, I love laying in bed in the morning and like listening to their little yeah. voices and they place, so they're only 15 months apart mm-hmm. and they are, they have just the coolest relationship wow. together. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then meanwhile, you're all cozy in bed. So like you're, you're comfortable. They need absolutely nothing from you in that moment. And you can just enjoy hearing them. Yeah. And I can just hear their little voices and their imagination and just their relationship together. It's like, it, it is the best thing ever right now in my world. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful example. Yeah, because yeah. it is magic. It really is. And it's it's fleeting, right? So we have to stop and take that in because not they get older and things change. And yeah, you'll have to record some so that you'll have. I should do that. I should. For later. Yeah. yeah, I should. And I actually out. started when they were born, I started them at each an email address and I would write their birth story and I'll write letters, emails mm-hmm. to them. So then if everything That's happened nice. to me again, I'm very comfortable with death. So if like anything was to happen to me, um, they would have access to these emails and they can read all these letters for me and I'll put in wow. pictures like um, of us together, but I should put in like a, re- you know, do a little recording, and stick it in there and send it to them. So they can have oh. it. And then, you know, if I don't pass away, then when they're 18, they can have access to all that and do what they want with it. So I love that. What a great idea to yeah, set that up and just keep working on it. And trust that one day they'll really appreciate reading or watching or listening or whatever. Oh, it's a great idea. I may have to start that. <laughs> How have you found And that's the cool thing. You can start at any time, right? Even with the grown, yes. grown children, you can start writing them emails and yeah. what a beautiful gift for them to oh. years down the road, right? You know, totally. You dementia or something happened to you or just, and maybe not, maybe nothing happened, yeah. but just, you know, to give that to them at the end. It's just another point of connection. And sometimes we don't take the time to note those things. So I love having a place where you can just go and put those thoughts in. And you think about how we speak and about how we write, you know, the the meanings, the feelings and emotions that we can create through writing is Mm -hmm. is so different too. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Super easy too. And deeply intimate. Like that would feel yeah. when they're ready. Um, this situation is right. What a gift that that's going to be for them. Love that. How have you found inspiration in times of darkness in your life? What do you tend oh. to turn to for strength? I think uh I, you know, I'm a firm believer in talking you know, as much as like, I just think about like when my dad passed away and I just talked like I was anyone who would listen to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I found a lot of comfort in those, like just connections and mm. me expressing how I felt and these thoughts that I was having, it was the same after. So dad passed away, Layla was five months old and just with his, the process of him, um, uh, like his funeral and us being here in Kamloops, but living in the lower mainland. Um, I, I ended up stopping uh, breastfeeding Layla. And I think it triggered, again, getting back to how powerful hormones are. I think it triggered my, the postpartum depression anxiety that I developed after, after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically we hear it happen more closer to after birth. Um, this was a bit delayed. And again, dad had passed these hormones were kind of changing as I stopped breastfeeding. And then this like alien, like an alien had taken over my body and it was very scary. And I, the comfort that I found was just like talking to my sisters for hours on the phone or having like having my girlfriend come over and just like sit with me and just speaking to again, anyone who would listen Mm -hmm. how I was feeling. And so and finding um, that, your people, right? Like the people yeah. who you knew would, yeah, would be My able to. My closest girlfriend. Space. 
because my husband didn't, I mean, he was, I'm not to say he wasn't supportive, but Mm -hmm. you know, he hadn't lost, he hasn't lost a parent. He hasn't had a newborn baby. He hasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't understand, you know, the female hormones. And so, uh, yeah, I would say my sisters and my mom and and my like girlfriends are just talking for hours and having their presence with me was what got me through those, those really, those were probably the darkest days. 100%. Yeah. I can relate to that just because I process by talking as well. And if I'm not talking, then it, if I'm just letting it all rattle around in my own head for extended periods, it's not good. So uh, I love that uh, country song. What's it called? Um, A good friend in a glass of wine, because it's like, sometimes it can just change everything, right? To have a really good talk with a sister or a girlfriend and you can feel like a different person after. Oh yeah. Like I think it was a huge part of of healing after that, uh, especially with the postpartum depression anxiety was really scary. Like again, yeah. and it was more I had a lot of more physical symptoms, mm-hmm. um, not so much mental symptoms. Um and so it felt really awful. And I felt really scared to just be alone. And Mm -hmm. so having, having that, you know, having them with me and, and even just being on the phone. Yes. The support and being checked and being checked on too. Right. Yeah. 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 That was a huge piece too. Absolutely. And I, you know, what I really noticed is how beautiful it was, is that the more you, that I opened up and I talked about it and I was so transparent about it and I, and I, started to get better it took months to get better when I had Kai my everyone was like you doing okay you check like that you know what I mean like are we doing yeah. okay Jane like are you doing good so um I really mm-hmm. appreciated that they knew that that was a really hard time they saw what it looked like mm-hmm. and they just wanted to make sure that I was good second time around which I was which is great well and that sense of community is so important and it, it has been lost in so many ways so I'm glad that you were able to yeah, yeah access that and rally and I know it it goes both ways I'm sure you've shown up many times when they've needed you as well so yeah it's definitely worth um investing in those relationships right because they are so important and help us through life's joys but also the the harder times as well um if you were going to talk to Jamie 10 years, 20 years down the road, what do you think she would say to you? Oh, question. sometimes it helps if you can picture her an older, wiser, what would she want you to know? I think she would, I think it would be to keep going. Like you're, you're on the right path now. You did a really good job. You made some really good choices the past couple of years. Um, and just to keep going, because it's going to look really incredible mm-hmm. 10, 20 years from now, you know, physically, mentally, you know, business-wise, family-wise, mm-hmm. to keep, keep doing what you're doing right now. Mm, that's amazing. Love that. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, I would love if you could tell us the best places to follow along with you. Before we do that, I just wanted to point out that on your website, you have a guide to balancing your hormones and saying goodbye to PMS for $27. It's like an ebook, which is great. It's for anybody fed up with PMS. And if you want to improve your mood, energy, and weight, I encourage you to go there. So tell us um, other places to follow along with you or get in touch with you about speaking engagements, things like that. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Jamie Hormone Health. Um, and Jamie is J A I M E Hormone Health, all one word. Try, try to keep it as simple as possible for everyone. So you can find me there. That's where, um, as far as social media goes, uh, I love to share um, all my knowledge and tips and tricks as far as hormone health, women health, um, and a little glimpse into my life. Um, you do a really good job on there. I want to say it's very educational, but it's also funny and light and yeah, I encourage people to go there and follow you. Well, and and you know what, I, I always often say like, you know, we can't take ourselves too seriously. And so bringing in a little bit of humor when it comes to all the things women's (laughs) health is kind of helps us connect with each other that Mm -hmm. we are, you know, many of us are going through the same things, but we're not alone, not alone Mm -hmm. in it. Um, and so you can find me there. 
there. If you want to email me, it's again, just jamiehormonehealth at gmail.com if anyone wants. Yeah, I love, you know, I love sharing, again, love sharing my education and my knowledge. And if I can help, you know, any women out there struggling with their hormones or their health, uh, definitely connect with me. Okay, perfect. And your website is? Is Okay. And also just wanted to mention you run a Facebook group as well that people can join called hormone health 101 chatting all things perimenopause. Um, so that's great. I really appreciate you talking with us today. And also I just wanted to mention how funny it was the time that you and I were on zoom speaking and we were talking about end of life and we were talking about our losing our, our, dads and I'd lost my mom as well. And as we were sitting there together on zoom, I had a very bizarre experience where a piece of pottery in my office started moving on its own and you could hear it rattling on the windowsill in on zoom. And I asked you about that um, because I know you're with so many people as they transition and you said, Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff like that happens. It's quite. It, oh yeah. <laughs> I've had, um, I've had uh, a feather outside a patient's window um, somehow get stuck in like the window sill on the outside of the window. Mm. Like it just, yeah. Almost like someone tucked it there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so, it's so interesting. There's so much more that we don't understand. Oh <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it, it's beautiful. It's honestly beautiful to see, mm -hmm. you know, our loved ones kind of come um, kind of come to us in different ways. My dad comes to me as a crow, which is very fitting for him. <laughs> very fitting for him. And can be such a source of comfort for those yeah. that have lost people yeah. that we care about. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. I remember that day. So I was like, Oh, that's probably your mom or your dad. Uh, yeah. Hi. yeah. And it was a piece of my mom's pottery. So mm -hmm. I know it often it's a piece that's related to that person. And they're just kind of saying hello through that. So Oof, I had shivers all over my body. And I think you said at that time you did too, like it was, it was felt yeah. on both sides, even through zoom. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome, Jamie. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. It's so important that we're having these conversations and you're very generous in sharing your knowledge. So I encourage people to follow you and reach out and educate yourselves as much as you can about what's happening in our bodies. So thank you again. Hope to see you again you soon. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review and follow along. I'm so happy that you're here and I will see you next time.